Moses supposes hitoses are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. Make them laugh, make them laugh. <laughs> uh, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> what is this person? I don't know. Welcome to the review review, a show where two small town dudes give you a big, dumb opinions. I'm short of the max extreme. I am a JT3K. And this app, we're looking back to our review of Singing in the Rain. Yeah. We're using a flashback to start a uh, a new thing for the month of August. That's right. Where we're doing our AFI August. That's right. Where we're looking at the best films ever made according to the American Film Institute. Mm-hmm. Looking at their AFI top 100 list. From 2007. And we're looking at their top five. And of course, we've already covered their top, their fifth one. That's right. With Singing in the Rain. That's right. So why not go back and look at it before we dive into the other four? That's right. It seems apt that we should do that. It's quite apt. (laughs) Quite apt. That's like the only time I've ever used that word. <laughs> I I felt proud of myself, and then use it twice. I'm like, do I sound like that? Sound you sound smart as shit. <laughs> good, good. I love it. I love it. So, uh, I love this movie as a kid. Like yeah. I probably bang on about it like during our actual review of it. Yeah. But, like, uh, it's one of my mom's favorites, so it was always on. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things in this that, like, still hold up today to make it a great movie. Um, hold up past what's made today. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so so much of this is just practical dancing. Mm-hmm. That is just, like, Jesus Christ. That, and I just think the story is a great story. Yeah. Regardless if the songs in it were good or not. Yeah. It's like a story that's been ripped off a bunch, mm-hmm. but because the dancing is so good and so like professional that it just surpasses everything that's tried to rip it off before. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's even instances I bring up in the review where it's like, yeah, they tried to rip this off and they failed miserably <laughs> because Sing the Rain is still much better. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason that it made like a top five list. Yeah. And and, and here it is. Like I, I think. Um, I can't remember if I said it in the show or not, though the time I watched it for the show was the first time in a while that I saw it all the way through. And God, I fell in love with the movie all over again. <sighs> There's things that I just like you you miss from watching it as like a kid all the time to like mm-hmm. actually watching it as an adult and can appreciate it. Yeah. It's it's pretty great. Yeah. Even uh Sea Danger jumps in halfway through the review as well. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sea Danger drop? C Danger Drop. C D D. Oh my god, a C D D. A C D D. C Danger Drop. That's great. Oh my god. It's got this episode's got it's, everything. It's got already. everything. It's and got... we we talked about it for a while. I think this is like a pretty long review. When I went back and listened to it today, and it's it's one of our longer ones we did for just the review alone. Yeah. Because I think I even bring it up. There's a lot of facts about this too. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, that's what I love about, like, older reviews that we do as well, because it's, like, been out forever. We're not going to deal with any spoiler nonsense. Yeah, and And there's so much dirt that's been dug up over the years that it's just just 
The trivia f- tracks for it are just so fucking covered. Yes, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, if you don't mind me saying, why don't you just enjoy the oncoming episode? Exactly. Um, and join us for our uh, the remaining four yeah. movies for the AFI Top 5. Which either will be done earlier this later this week or we might just do a uh might for the next week just do a four and three for that week yeah why not we'll figure it out because listen i'm pretty busy the next week is going to be very up in the air whether or not we will have a show so this might be the only show you get for this week but we will get through all five of these movies before the end of the month better believe it bud god damn it (laughs) If you're currently listening to this the day it drops, I'm having a kid today. Yeah. <laughs> His child is being born as we speak. So cut me some fucking slack, yeah. bud. The kid is crowning as you listen to this. I'm just going to say that. Too much. Too much. Uh, so, yeah. Enjoy the show, and uh, we'll see you on number four. Yeah. Either until, this week or next week. Until then, enjoy Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Starting right now. Well, that will jump us right in to our first stop to sing out the summer. Singing out the summer, baby. Give me one of those special beers, Troy. <laughs> which one do you want? Uh, which one are you more the, the tangy. drawn to? You want the tangy? Yeah. Okay, I'll take the snake one. Okay. Give me that snake. Snake! <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> um okay yes yeah, so first stop is gonna be singing in the rain debuting april 11th 1952 wow i know uh budget of two and a half million dollars jesus uh domestically made 1.82 million yeah Internationally, not worldwide, it did go yeah. to Canada and like maybe the UK, but it made its money back and it's made twelve point four million dollars. Jesus! In nineteen fifty two, money. So it sextupled its budget. God. <laughs> Still, not the highest grossing movie of that year. Oh my God! Um, I'll get into. I have more stats it, on that. Do stuff. you see where it ranks in that year? Yeah. Okay. I have. I have the whole chart. Gotcha. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a one hundred percent. IMDb has it at an eight point three out of ten. Movie Farm has it at four hundred four error not found. <laughs> That's a little joke I did. Good lord. Processed Grass. Has that at two out of five stars. Whoa! And what? Do they have a reason? Yes, I have the screenshot on what their reason is here. Um, I'm going to read just their last paragraph. Okay. It's only two sentences. Don't okay. worry. Uh, now, is convention always bad? Certainly not. Plenty of films exist without subverting expectations or breaking genre convention. Even the art of the escapist film is one that I cannot bring myself to write off entirely, but in the case of Singing in the Rain, the film does little worth noting to make it some grand escapist affair. One uh, Once one looks beyond the half-baked meta aspects of the film, Singing in the Rain is hardly different from more openly trashed musicals like Grease or Dare I Say It, High School Musical. <laughs> 
two out of five stars. So he's he's pretty much just he's critiquing the things that it's not like he's critiquing it for the things that it's not well known for. Pretty much, like he's pretty much being like, "Oh, the story was shit," or it's like, "This movie's not made for the fucking story." <laughs> well, in 1952, I would say like, "Uh, this movie with its meta contextualism, yeah, would have been one of a kind back then." Yeah, where now maybe it's not yeah like being meta is like kind of like a trend now yeah and like i think back here it's it was kind of taboo to kind of like pull back the curtain and be like this is how this shit works Uh uh-huh um i mean i'll go on with but anyway that's all i got i could you can look up his review it's on imdb yeah find out where find out his twitter tell him to go fuck himself (laughs) look up old (laughs) tweets he probably said something real racist just call him out I don't know. Jesus. No, I don't don't do that. That's shitty. Uh anyway, processed grass is the uh reviewer yeah, site. I don't know what he's smoking. <laughs> smoking that processed grass. Um so I looked up the best or the uh top grossing films in 1952 in the US. Singing in the Rain comes in number 5. Yeah. Uh number 10 is Monkey Business. Number 9 Affair and Number nine, Affair in Trinidad. Number eight, Hans Christian Andersen. Number seven, Moulin Rouge. Number six, Sailor Beware. Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Number four is Ivanhoe from MGM making $6.258 million. Oof. In, uh, so these are the movies that came out in 1952. 52. Okay. That beat Singing in the Rain. Now. Yeah. Number three is The Snows of Kilimanjaro from Fox with $6.7 million. Number two, The Bad and the Beautiful from MGM. Also, uh, that's where Singing in the Rain is from, at $8.5 million. And number one would be The Greatest Show on Earth from Paramount at $14 million. Jesus. Those were the top ten in 1952, Shit. which I have only heard of three of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's see how well they aged. Maybe they aged well and... Singing in the Rain just happens to be the more poppy, popular one. Maybe. I don't know. Um, this uh, film did have some Oscar nominations. Okay. Uh, didn't win, but it was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Hagen and Best Music. Uh, the supporting actress would have been the one who played uh, the lead actress in the movie. Yeah. Um, I can't... Oh, the, the lead... The one with a shrill voice. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Gene Hagen. Yeah, Gene Hagen. Yeah. Yeah, she was... Yeah, because she stuck out just because that she played... Yeah. Like an a antagonist. Shrew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then... I it... can't stand it. <laughs> it won uh, for Best Actor at the Golden Globes for Donald O'Connor, who is his... Uh, um, yeah. Plays... I gotta, I gotta funny guy in it. Yeah. Um, Make him laugh, guy. Yep, and then it was also nominated for best motion picture for comedy musical, but it did not win that year. Gotcha. Um, other than that, we can just get into it, JT, with what happened in Singing in the Rain. What's Singing in the Rain all about? Uh, well, we follow a Gene Kelly's character who is named uh, Don Lockwood, mm-hmm. and. Him and uh, 
God damn it. Yeah. Don Lockwood and Lena Lamont are known as like this big Hollywood couple that are mm-hmm. in all these silent films together in mm-hmm. 1929, I think it's called. I think it is. Late 20s. Yeah, late 20s. And uh, they are on cloud nine until a uh, the introduction of talking films comes out. The talkies. The talkies. <laughs> and they realize that they are very ill-equipped for the this kind of thing. And uh, he decides to go ahead and make a musical film when he comes across a young woman played by Debbie Reynolds, Kathy Selden. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out just if... Old Don Lockwood is equipped enough to survive this change in trends, and maybe even if his co-star could survive the trend as well. Oh my. Oh my. This film, I've seen a lot as a kid, but all I ever remembered from it was the song Singing in the Rain Yeah, and Make Them Laugh, because it had a really high action comical dance number to it yeah those are the only things i ever remember from singing in the rain <laughs> yeah. and it wasn't until like five years ago where i caught the beginning again and i'm like that's what this movie is about because <laughs> i had no recollection of what it was yeah and i was like i am way into that idea and yeah. i didn't realize this movie was as funny as it was this is all still five years ago yeah and so I went through and rewatched it after catching some of it at my mom's house. And I was like, this is really good. Yeah. Like, I I, had, I guess I had no idea what this movie was about. And it totally subverted all my expectations. And I sat down and I was like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, this movie masters the art of sarcasm without being dirty uh-huh. so well. <laughs> like, every... <laughs> especially... Uh, Shit, uh, Donald O'Connor's uh, Cosmo Brown. Uh-huh. He has so many lines that are just like so good for the moment. Right? Like I am like losing my shit every time he <laughs> he, he he like talks back to somebody. Right. And if he doesn't have like a musical number, his all of his lines are pretty much just one-liners. Yeah. And but he had me cracking up every time he had a one liner. <laughs> exactly. And like, th- there's a few of them where like n- it was like near the end where um, it was Gene Kelly, um, O'Connor, and the movie producer were all in his office. Yeah. And he's like, uh, some of like, uh, give me a cigar, and he g- <laughs> or no, he's like, yeah, here, <laughs> have a cigar, and it's yeah. his own cigars. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. And then later, and then later when. Uh, <laughs> He does something that isn't like, hey, I gave you a cigar once. (laughs) All that shit was really good. Um, It's like, not only is Gene Kelly, like, go down in history as being, like, one of the best song and dance men in cinema. Like, I have seen him so much growing up in, like, other things that, like, when I did see La La Land, I was like disappointed yeah because nobody can live up to like how gene kelly and that kind of like that gang of people back then 
like could stack up to the competition like competition yeah, i know it's it's so funny to watch this like going back and watching this because you see how there's so many films that have ripped this off and have not come close to how good it was when it was first executed right and it's like almost sad where it's like <laughs> how far have we fallen where we can't you can't match up to like this amazing talent that was back that was back here right and like it doesn't make me look less upon like stars now but stars back then you, i mean i'm not the first person to say it we're like singers and dancers yeah. and actors and actresses and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and they had to do it all yeah and if they didn't then they weren't huge and if yeah. they did do it they were in every movie i know and now you're getting to, <laughs> now you're getting like today where it's like do you look pretty well then you're in a movie pretty much <laughs> yeah and so, like if you're attractive, you're in a movie. But back here, you had you had to be attractive. You had to sing. You had to dance. You had to act. Yeah, you had to do all of it. And by gauging by this movie, just just singling out because we're reviewing it, you won the part. Debbie Reynolds won the part to play um, Kathy Selden. Kathy Selden. Yeah, and she was only 19. Yeah, and she had like very little dance experience. She mm-hmm. was uh, a gymnast. And I guess, like, Gene Kelly, like, broke her down so many times yeah. to get the choreography right that she would cry every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, even Donald Connor, I guess he was in an interview where he said he just hated working with Gene Kelly. I had no idea, but that's all I was seeing when I was looking up yeah, facts Yeah, because he was movie. just, he was so militant about making sure that everything was on point. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where, like... Yeah, like, uh, people in interviews have said that Gene Kelly was the worst to work with, but then, like, after it was all said and done, they're like, they talk about how fulfilling of an experience it was. And they look at the performance, and they're like, maybe it was worth it. Yeah. Because, like, I <laughs> like, went, I did really good at yeah. that, or whatever. Yeah, Espe- like, even, like, a, like they even, like, interviewed Gene Kelly, where he was like, yeah, Debbie Reynolds, like, she didn't have the experience, but, like, she caught on way faster than I think anyone else would have. Mm-hmm. So, like, even, he gives them credit, even backwards, like, he probably would have just railed on them before, when, looking back on it, he's like, yeah, they were good. <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, want to read some trivia just to show, like, how Gene Kelly was a st- slave driver. If you get a chance, and if you're bored one day, and you are familiar with Singing in the Rain... Go on IMDb's trivia and look, like, it's the most interesting trivia that I've read for a movie so far on IMDb. Yeah. There's so many facts to this that it's just, oh, it's so good. Let me just give you a, a few snippets. The first one on here is Gene Kelly was a taskmaster with Debbie Reynolds, who had never danced to this degree before rehearsal started. Fred Astaire, who was in an adjacent dance studio, found her crying under a <laughs> piano and reassured her that it was all of her hard work that was worth the effort. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus Christ. Um, Debbie Reynolds also remarked that many years later that make, uh, the making of this movie and surviving childbirth were the two hardest things she's ever done. Yeah. Well, there's a <laughs> there's a fact that they bring up where uh, during... Oh, shit, what was it? I think it's Good Morning. She... Uh, yeah, it was. It was during Good Morning. They, uh, they did actual tapping... And they did it so much that she burst blood vessels in her feet and had to be dragged off the stage. Mm-hmm. And then, because they couldn't do it, then Gene Kelly just dubbed in the tapping. Right. So it's like, so none of that was worth it. 
<laughs> but it also said later on there that it was common to do that at the time because sound yeah. mixing wasn't as great. Yeah. Or to pick up the sound or whatever. But yeah, I I didn't know really that he was such a tyrant, I guess. Yeah. But I But also... you look at this movie and you see how well it's made and it's like, well shit, do we have to do that for every like cuz it's like it it came out incredible. Yeah. Um it also goes on to say like uh Donald O'Connor didn't really like Kelly all that much even mm-hmm. though on screen they have a pretty great chemistry together. Oh, fan dude, I I'm always a a big fan of best friend characters in films. Like, I'm not a big fan of Lord of the Rings, but I always thought Samwise Gamgee is an amazing character. Mm -hmm. Because I love the idea of those characters where they're willing to step aside for a person they care about to succeed. Mm -hmm. And, like, Cosmo was totally that character in this. And I fucking... Like, every time he's on screen, I I love him because he's just... You can see the small things that he does to, like, kind of, like either like kind of jab at Don or like mm-hmm. get him to like do what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And he he never tries to take credit for it. He even like he gives a fuck ton of ideas for Don for Don Lockwood to like capitalize on to make him more successful. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, good. I did my job." And then he just steps back and he, he's never he's never like bitching that he's not getting credit. Yeah. He just plays the piano for him and lets him do everything. Right. And and he's I mean he's written into the movie as like his secondhand man yeah but like I like in this movie too that everyone all of the good guys I guess yeah like Gene Kelly O'Connor and um, Debbie Reynolds Reynolds they all contribute they all contribute yeah. and they win at the end they yeah. like def- like quote defeat the evil one <laughs> uh, who what uh, who is uh Gene Hagen yeah in this. And, like, even though it was made in the 50s, I was, I was actually surprised to see, or it was, I was, like, uh, it was refreshing to see that they were standing up for Debbie Reynolds' character in the movie. Yeah. They're like, no, she's, she's a great actress. Like, even though, like, um... Uh, he, Gene Kelly was coming on to her in the beginning and she's like the love interest. Yeah. She was still represented as like a talented person in this. Yeah. And maybe not necessarily as equal because she never was involved in like really the making of anything, just yeah. kind of like the planning stages. Yeah, it, I, I do really like like what she does in this, but it still kind of suffers from that like this, that that feeling where it's like, well, we still kind of have to make the the men are the ones yeah. that do a lot of the shit, but not as much as I would have first expected with her involvement in it. Yeah, because she does like with O'Connor and Kelly, she does plan to make to salvage a film as a musical. Yeah, yeah, she's the yeah because it's her idea to to turn into a mute to turn the the dueling cavalier into a musical, and she with O'Connor comes up with the fact that they can dub over um what's the character's name's voice lana something. yeah lana, dub over her shrill voice yeah and so then she is a part of that lena lena lamont um lena uh and so she's a part of all that kind of stuff and even when they're on stage after the premiere like the only this is the only time where i'm like why didn't they just 
have her planned into this yeah. when like the three guys got together. Well, they but, couldn't really because Lena was there the whole time. But like I know, but they still pushed her on stage, and they planned it really quickly while. Debbie Reynolds was still there. They could have been just like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Just go behind the curtain. So it'd be like, you're going to get behind the curtain and I'm going to, I'm putting my That's foot down because I'm a yeah. man or yeah. whatever. And it's, she's like, fuck you. Like yeah. after I do this, I'm out of here, buddy. <laughs> and I'm like, don't why don't you just let her in? Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> they had to be like a whole big I know, surprise. Like they, even with them not saying anything, they just kind of had this, they share this look where it's like, we know what we're doing. Right. Cause they're not even talking to each funny. other. Yeah, they don't even talk to each other. They're just kind of like singing along to Singing in the Rain, and they just kind of like walk around the fucking rope, and then they pull it down so they can right. show that Debbie Reynolds is the one that's been singing all along. But then it's like, so the men get it, but she doesn't. Right. Yeah, so I know. it's like. <sighs> it was weird. But that would have been like the biggest, I would say, the biggest red flag. Yeah. But otherwise. I mean, there are like a few things here and there where I'm like, uh. Like, I would have liked. It might have been like a really tough ask to to do because it's like back in like this time where like well we have the the man is the one that always yeah. does everything but I'm like I feel like this story would have made much more sense if like she's the one that that they kind of turn to to do that transition from uh, silent films to talkies because like she's the one with the theater experience yeah and. It's like, because they do this weird shit where, in the beginning, they're doing this whole thing where she's playing hard to get, and that's what kind of leads Gene Kelly on, where he's like, oh, shit, you're not, like, falling over my every word. Right. And that's what kind of gets him interested in her, and then she just is like, well, I don't watch movies. I'm in theater, and blah, 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 and then they kind of have this debate on what is better, movies or theater, and then they're just kind of, like, turned off from each other. Right. And then... They have that whole scene where she pops out of the cake, and he's like, "Oh, you're theater, right? Uh-huh. Oh, that I can totally see. Give yeah, me a yeah. soliloquy, blah blah blah." Right. And like, but like she's doing that to like make to make money because theater is not making any kind of money, right? Because theater is a dying like a dying brand. Mm-hmm. So like they get to where he never sees her, and when they come back. When, when he finally sees her again, she's, like, all over him. Or it's like, oh, I've seen all your movies. I've done all this, blah, blah, blah. Where it's like, you could not give a fuck about him the first time you saw him. So it's like, so were you just playing him? Or were were, were you just fangirling and being like, well, I'll just act like I don't care about his movies. And then I'll move in when the time is right. Like, I would have liked it a lot more if it's like, they get to, like, the silent movies, talkies are introduced. They figure out that they have no idea what they're doing. And then Debbie Reynolds moves in and is like, look, I have theater experience. You could do this. You could do this. You could yeah. do this. And then she's the one that allows them, like they combine their knowledge to make an amazing musical movie. Right. And then that's what makes him fall for her is that he kind of reignites that, uh, that love for stage, for uh, stage performance by doing movies because he was on vaudeville for so long. Right. Yeah, that I mean that would have definitely worked, but again, this movie was made nice. Yeah, this is made back when it's like the man, the man knows everything. <laughs> Listen, the man, look, we're gonna do this movie. Twenty eighteen, right, Chelsea? Current, still. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I think if they were to like, how did I know <laughs> he was gonna say all of that? But if, but if they were to make this nowadays, like that's probably what 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 this would be, where right. Debbie Reynolds' character would move in and be like, "You're doing all this wrong. You're an this idiot. is how you do it. You're a beautiful idiot." Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how she presents herself. Like in the first act of this movie, like she. Does not let Gene Kelly get away with anything. Like right. she knows how dumb he is. Yeah. Because he does these silent movies where even the dialogue when they do the talking for the first time is just repeated shit over and over again because every silent film has like four lines to it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, why don't I just do I love you, I love you, I love you? It works every time. And right. It's like, well, it's a different thing when you're reading it once. Yeah. If you're saying it six times in a row, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was also something that I found out too that there was a silent film star that, um, when it went from silent film to talkies, like, he would do that kind of stuff, just do, like, really schmaltzy lines, and he was panned for it because, like, he didn't want to do what was written, he just wanted to do what was easy, and they took that real-life aspect and yeah. put it into this movie, another metatextual concept that they dropped in here that was all, like, just adds to, like, the fucking shit pile to yeah. like against Hollywood studios and stuff. Yeah. There's a, there's a movie that won an Oscar called the artist that I saw yeah. where it's like a silent film and stuff. They totally fucking ripped off this movie. Yeah. That's what I was telling him. And I it's was like, nowhere near as good as this so is. No, it's not. <laughs> and it's like, it's like going back and watching that, like just thinking about that. I'm like, holy shit. How'd that mm-hmm. win the Oscar for best picture? It's just, it's just based on the fact that it's it's just a throwback to that time, yeah. And no one else did it, but it's like it's such a lazy throwback. Cause it's nowhere near, like the yeah. work that went into this. I yeah. told you that after it was done, I was like, I feel like there's a current movie that ripped this off. And we said it was. We were we thinking, thinking it was that, but I was thinking it might we haven't have been seen it in forever. Too. And I'm like, mm. I know there, it had that. I think dog there's another in it. movie that does. <laughs> yeah, like the dog is like the hardest worker in that movie. <laughs> um, so. I guess also why Gene Kelly was also a bear in this movie was because he was also fighting against MGM. Yeah. Um, I have this excerpt here. I was going to read it. Uh, this movie was Gene Kelly's trump card to get out of his contract with MGM. Kelly would later talk about his roles, such as in Guys and Dolls from 55, where he had to turn down due to conflicts with his contract with the studio. This movie was not only a hit, but a mockery of MGM. Which you can totally see. Oh, I know. They do. (laughs) And then Kelly was later released from his contract. He had a poor attitude throughout the filming, but most of it was just an act. So the studio would get frustrated with him and kick him out. (laughs) So So he wanted this to fail? I I guess for whatever reason, he wanted to be out of his MGM contract. Yeah. Because I don't know, maybe he was getting a a rough cut of the deal or something. He had a bad relationship with the head of MGM from the get go. Oh, was that? Because he was a a Broadway star and the head of MGM supposedly had come and talked to him backstage after a show and was like, you're amazing. I love you. Um, I totally want to put you in a movie. And he didn't have any plans of going into film. Mm -hmm. He wanted to stay on the stage. Um, And then he like, basically this executive backstage said like, you don't even have to create a tape. You don't have to do anything. You just show up. And it's good to go. And so he left New York and came to Hollywood. And all of a sudden, like, the assistant of this executive was like, um, we're going to need you to cut a tape and do all this. And he got really upset. And he wrote a scathing letter to the executive saying, like, 
what the hell, man? Like, you told me this, but he didn't have any. I mean, it was just like verbal, so he didn't have it, but he was like cornered into this contract. Yeah. And so he had only planned to make one movie, and then he ended up falling in love with it, and he had said something about um, the creative types like in Hollywood and the rapport he had with other actors there, and Mm -hmm. like the crew and everything surprised him, and he ended up sticking it out, but that I read that he always had a tumultuous relationship with... MGM. Oh, yeah. That, that's the head of MGM. Or pretty close to like what the story of this is pretty much yeah. like. Because right. it's like it's like a guy who was a vaudeville star who is like pretty much broke and gets led into film kind of by accident because he starts out as a stuntman. Right. Mm-hmm. And then works up from the rankings from there. But then they also really go into a lot of like how fake Hollywood is and how like you have to kind of put on airs. To still stay successful in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like their fake relationship. Um, yeah. When this movie was first coming out, his role was a, not going to be him. It was going to be somebody else, and I don't know, remember who it is. But it was um, going to be a Western star moving on to uh, like a big film star. Like yeah. just how it was in like Hail Caesar, hmm, where yeah. they got um, Aaron Eidenreich. Wait, that's his Alden. name. Alden. Alden Eidenreich. Um <laughs> This guy. <laughs> that was exactly like his thing. He was a Western star went and just got cut because he was That's a pretty looking guy. That's the other movie we're thinking of because it plays off of this a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, they changed it to have him be a vaudeville star instead when Kelly took the role. Yeah. But yeah, like I, that was the part that I never even remembered going back into this movie. That fucking vile, that fiddle scene was so good oh my god <laughs> like I, I i even like wrote it down on my phone that the best actors in this movie are the people that boo <laughs> after that fiddle scene because that whole sequence is so good <laughs> it's so damn it's like good when you see people drink champagne glasses through each other's arms and but they did <laughs> oh that with god. fiddles they found right. every single yeah, right. possible way to have two men play the fiddle together uh-huh. and it's so goddamn good yeah really good it was good it was like watching a life of a relationship play out but I, with fiddles <laughs> yeah that's right it's like the beginning of up with fiddles with well <laughs> yeah huh? <laughs> but uh, that whole intro was really cool on like yeah. how him and O'Connor were buddies all growing up. Like yep. broke. Came up Scallywags. Through, and while he's telling the story, he's embellishing it and you're yeah. seeing the real life and that's, story. Yeah, that's what style. I love about it where it's like it's a lot of like a lot of like the speaking in it is the is like the uh, the, uh, the set aside and then the real stuff you actually see mm-hmm. played out in front of you. Uh-huh. Like, he's talking about, like, you, like, listen to, like, his dialogue, and he's, like, talking about coming up in a very aristocratic family and then uh-huh. going to the the finest acting school. Right. And meanwhile, you're, like, watching him, like, going to dance it. for dimes and then go <laughs> in vaudeville, <laughs> yeah. go on a vaudeville tour. And then uh-huh. he, and then there's even, like, a scene where, like, there's even, like, a part where he slips up where he says... We were stranded. I, I mean, we were. Uh, <laughs> we went to Hollywood to make yeah. it big. Yeah. <laughs> and offers were pouring down while he's just like. Yeah, standing and he's like standing in the, in the rain. rain. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. But yeah, like you can see like that bullshit where like you have to present yourself as like this well-known act, like this very successful uh, person who became an actor, even though in in real life you're just this bum who is very talented and just kind of stumbled into this life. Right. But 
but at the same time like had the talent to do so he just yeah, was he never hand picked and he just happened to catch his lucky break yeah and i like that um his buddy was always like drug along with him too and also like got his comeuffins you know kind like, of i kind of felt badly for him because he was just as talented he just wasn't as good well, we were talking about it before you came I just, in yeah i just yeah. love like i i very much appreciate like i said this before but i very much appreciate like the best friend role in films like Aww. like uh <laughs> like samwise ganji from lord of the rings even though i'm a big lord of the rings fan oh but God. just like those but like those those characters where they go above and beyond just for somebody else. Like I love that, and that's what that's what I feel like Cosmo is in this, mm-hmm. where like but, yeah. he's willing yeah. to take that back that background yeah, role. Yeah, but part of me was like, but, but he, Gene Kelly keeps like pointing him out, like I couldn't have done it without my buddy. But, but a part his, of me was like, damn. But he, did, you could tell he gets a lot of uh, side action. But his buddy also gets he gets like, I guess promoted. He gets, like he he goes from playing the piano. To being the music coordinator, right, to being like right, a producer, right, right. yeah. Like, and while there was a cute redhead talking to him, so oh yeah, so I he, guess I you that know. dude's probably slanging tang all <laughs> all day every day, slang slanging fifties tang. I'll take another beer, Troy. Oh sure, get it on it. But yeah, I just I love like <laughs> slanging tang. Since we're talking about that first part, I love the dude that goes bonkers for zelda yeah he's like <laughs> he's really kind of creepy <laughs> i show him once like, <laughs> we like stopped and looked at each other at the same time like you saw that right oh, that was yeah. creepy even in 2018 <laughs> but but even like in presenting like the red carpet couples it's like they show how fake hollywood is where like the announcer is describing it one way, but it's completely different. Where like Zelda's going on there with this old, gross dude, and she's yeah. like, "Look at this fresh young couple! Aren't yeah. they so wonderful?" Right. right. And it's like she's fucking him for his money. <laughs> no, she she alludes to that. Hollywood's I thought it was most funny. eligible bachelor. When she said Hollywood's, yeah. mon- I laughed at that because it was yeah. like clear that but it was like no, a fat old like, rich guy. But you're listening to the announcer present it one way, but like oh. in reality, you're seeing it where it's like it's just an old dude with a very young oh, chick. See, I took it as super funny because it was like right on the nose. No, it, it, is, it funny. is funny. It is funny. It's that, ironic. But it's yeah. like they're like they're. Not they're not like lying to you, like they're just twisting the she truth. She also says it like right at them. Like they are she's not <laughs> yeah. even like a side commentator. She's literally in the middle of the red carpet. Yeah. And they walk up and she's like, and this eligible bachelor. And he's clearly like eighty five <laughs> yeah. like, years old. Yeah, I he's mean, like she, bir- he's limping up the fucking she's like red carpet. Pre Joan Rivers is what she is. <laughs> uh, um So this let's talk about some of the songs here. Because mm. like the songs are written for this first, or the songs were gathered first. Yeah. There are and two... There's only two original songs in this. Yeah, it's... Oh, really? Yeah. You, oh, oh, Chelsea, you, which ones Which ones do you think are the original ones? Not Singing in the Rain. No. no Singing in the Rain was actually used in six different films yeah, before this. Yeah, I figured that yeah. when she was on stage and the... Whatever. Um. Oh, the girl one, where it's like the stripper gram girls. No. No, that one's... Crap. I wrote down what they were. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I remember it too. It's uh, that Moses, long ass musical supposes. cut. Yeah, Moses supposes and Moses. make him laugh. Moses. Yeah, those are the only original songs for the Moses. I was losing my shit on Moses supposes. Moses supposes I thought was really good. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I thought it that was dialect funny. coach they put through the fucking ringer <laughs> for no reason, and it is so good. <laughs> they really give him the but business. It's, but it's an amazing. That's just another reason why I love Cosmo in this. Is like there's like a bunch of scenes like that and make him laugh are scenes where like Don Lockwood is just like kind of going through hell, where he's like trying to do this shit, and then. Cosmo he's mo- like making faces. Yeah, and then Cosmo moves in and tries to make it fun for him or tries to like kind of mm-hmm. liven the mood for him. Yeah. And that's why I love Cosmo in this. He's just I like I feel like it's you and Troy. The more you go on about <laughs> loving being a best friend, it's like an ode <laughs> to your relationship. Can I just point that out? I'm just going to say it. To be honest, I actually see this movie as like the three of ours relationship. Oh, right? there we have it. You've never said it. That that should have been your best man speech. Just go see Sing in the Rain. You can see our <laughs> yeah. whole story. Yes. Period. No, I Drink wanted, up. you should have interpreted Dance <laughs> It Out. Sing in the Rain, peace. <laughs> cutest thing he's ever said. And it's uh, on record. It's hard to read my notes because Macy scribbled all over them. <laughs> Um, scribbles though but yeah no i just love cosmo in this because he He always moves in and he always livens like if don lockwood's down he livens the mood and then if don lockwood has no ideas and he moves in and gives him ideas and is not bitching about whether or not he gets credit for it or not like i love that shit and um just while we're staying on um moses poses and make him laugh even though it was in quote an original song some guy came in during the making of that song saying that sounds awfully familiar. And here is a song called Be a Clown. Well, fuck that guy. <laughs> They never got sued for plagiarism, but uh, that's yeah. Be a Clown right there. Uh, very similar to Make Him Laugh. I think this says it's from the Singing in the Rain uh, original cast recording, so I wonder if they just switched that out for... Maybe. Make Him Laugh. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, because make, him, make Be a Clown would be a weird song for that, yeah. that scene. But, yeah, I love Make Him Laugh where... Yeah, I don't. I don't even in. I guess this might have been the stage show, but I don't even see. Make and did you laugh. read the facts for "Make Him Laugh"? Because "Make Him Laugh" sounds like a fucked the, up si- just situation. Just a dance number. Yeah. Yeah, I read some of that. <laughs> so stuff. Go ahead. Donald O'Connor uh, did the entire scene for "Make Him Laugh," and it's if you watch it, it's fucked up. Where when he <laughs> did it, he uh, was in the hospital for a week from exhaustion. And severe rug burns. And then after he got out of the hospital, he came back and Gene Kelly was like, that was amazing. We need you to do it again because the camera wasn't working. (laughs) So he did it again. I feel like that would happen to you. (laughs) Like, as you're saying that, I'm like, I want to be like, I'm sorry, Joel. Yeah. I. So, yeah. So he did this. He did this whole bit twice. I hope they paid his medical bills. In the fifties, you kidding? They probably didn't have medical bills at the time. <laughs> kidding me, bro? Fifties was the golden era. You know what I mean? Baby boomers or whatever. Whoa, easy Google. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Chill out over there. I turned off. That yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'll show you dominance. Um. 
there's uh still on the musical numbers uh singing in the rain this is a very popular fact but i'm going to say it nonetheless gene kelly did it while he was incredibly sick Rumor has it they had 101 or 103 degree fever. Yeah, he had 110 fever before he did Sing in the Rain. He'd be dead. Okay. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> I thought it was. I, thought it was I mean, not to brag. I read the fact. All, he but... said that they calculated him at 110 fever before he did Sing in the Rain. He would be like in a coma. It had Let to be see. at least 101. 103 Maybe is what I read. Then. I read 103. Well, at most 103, at least 101. At craziest 110 yeah, 110 his brain would be boiling in his skull <laughs> not that's not true like a soupy gray mess <laughs> soupy gray matter soupy gray mess um but anyway singing in the rain he did while doing very ill yeah and he didn't really um wasn't feeling up to it but he's like i'll do one take um and that's the take that and they that's have the, the take they <laughs> yeah. have in the movie yep they only had it blocked out at the beginning of his of the alley and at the end of the alley, and so they just filmed it with two cameras instead of actually like planning it out to film it differently. Yep. And he just did through it, ad libbed the dances, and that's the take that you see in the movie. Pretty much. Damn. And the coat that he wore was wool, so it absorbed all the fucking water that hit it. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like that that coat probably weighed like 50 pounds. <laughs> Granted, like it's not the most sick. active dance number in the whole thing. It's a good dance number, but it is, it's, yeah. not, it's not make them laugh or anything like that. No. But um, it is really, it's it was, really good. And it's, it's like it's the most, the most iconic yeah. scene. Yeah it, yeah, it is. It's the namesake. And they even the tried to film the scene at night one time, but they couldn't because... People were using their water, so they didn't have enough water pressure. So they had to wait for very early in the morning to film it. Yeah. Because they that was the only time they could get enough water pressure to actually have all the rain come out. Right. And then they had to block off, like, two blocks of something and darken it so it looked like night. Because like, they didn't have the capability to just do it, like, in post. So they, like, <laughs> they blocked off with high so walls. So what you're saying is they blocked out the sun. Essentially. The whole sun. Yeah. In Hollywood, they have a, an unlimited budget with $2.5 million. <laughs> that was the budget of the film. Back then, though, that no was shit. probably a ton of money. And this um, movie did go over budget. And Jesus. because of only because of one dance rain. number... Can you guess which one it is? Was it the Broadway one? Yeah. Oh, I hate the that one that I, I hate for, the most. I forgot this because this movie is crazy because out of nowhere they're just like, let's present a completely different thing that doesn't involve this movie at all. And uh, it goes on for like 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. It is crazy. This whole Broadway ballet sequence took like probably 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's just. Gene Kelly is explaining yeah. what the end of the movie should be. No, he's explaining what the beginning should be. Oh, what whatever yeah, it he is. He says like I want to I want we're we're filming this other this this new dance scene and it's about where this kid comes into New York and he's like saying that this is like the opening of the the scene Cavalier. Yeah. And it's, it's and it is also like a meta thing where it's kind of also like Gene Kelly's like character in Singing in the Rain. Like Yeah. It kind of well, takes yeah. like a lowly I mean, her, guy. I took it as her cuz she was the one well, who was it, like 
it's kind of she both wanted their to journeys. go to Broadway. Yeah. It's it's both their journeys, really. It's like they came from nothing. They go into like the big city yeah. and try to make it, and then they finally get there. And they but make like it be a I like how he's doing it because like they present it where it's like he's going back to his roots, where they present like where he is at that point as like he's just complete. What's so funny? I'm really tired, and I was thinking <laughs> when you said going back to his roots, all I could think of was the show roots. Jesus, not the, the slave <laughs> show. And I'm like, that's not right. My brain is misfiring. <laughs> but I was sort of laughing, and I can't... I don't know. But but no, they present it where, like, he... When the <laughs> when the movie first opens, like, he's... Even though he is accepting the fact that, like, he came from nothing, he's still kind of all up in, like, the Hollywood glamour. Mm-hmm. When, like, he first sees Debbie Reynolds, and she's like, oh, that's not really talent. And he's like, What? What do you mean? And then I'm buddy, really talented. Everyone tells me I'm talented every day. His buddy confirmed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> his buddy confirmed it by accidentally saying the exact same thing. Yeah. Seen one, you've seen them all. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but no, so they, they presented it with that, where like he thinks he's the best performer in the world, and yet he's kind of seen where like he's almost kind of in a rut, and he never really realized it. And now when he's describing what he wants the beginning of the scene Cavalier to be, he's talking, he is embracing the fact that the fact that he did come from nothing made him a better performer than if he were to just come into movies altogether. Cause he's embracing like vaudeville and everything. And like, mm-hmm. how about, and like they even get to that point where it's like all the dancing numbers that he does throughout the country are the same thing with different costumes, mm-hmm. which is pretty much what movies are. Yeah. I I didn't like that part of the film. Like I didn't either. It took a long time to get through and I'm like is he still just saying that this is like what the beginning of the movie should be? Like it's a lot it's a big waste of time. If they ended that sequence with the produ- or the big production head studio being like I don't like that, scrap it. Maybe I would like it more <laughs> because it went through this whole thing for a big long con to be like no, don't like it. But I, I do still like how they ended it, though, where he was like, gotta see sounds it good, film. but I gotta see it. Where it's like, we watched everything that was going on in his head, and he was like, okay, I don't know what it is, though, but I, I think I, I think I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'll see it on film. And then I was like, you're gonna film yeah. all that shit? Oh my god, RF is the biggest fucking doofus. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like it. him a lot, though. I love RF so much. <laughs> but uh, more on that Broadway ba- uh, ballet, it took... An extra six hundred thousand dollars to film that, yeah, which ended up being a fifth of the budget just for that one dance number. Yes, yeah. I mean it, the whole movie. It, I will give it to you that it is pretty much useless to compare to the rest of the film, but I, I did kind of like it. <laughs> it was amazing. Like because, it was a big vehicle for the talent of Gene yeah, Kelly, and it, and it presents it and it presents itself in a way different way than the rest of the movie did. So you can totally see it. Because his when he at this point he realizes his love is the stage and that whole Broadway uh, that Broadway ballet presents itself as like a stage performance like everything looks like a like a set and I that's what I really like about it like even down to the conveyor belt where he's walking down the streets of New York like that that's that's just conveyor belts that's just like conveyor belts where people are just kind of like standing like looking at things and he's walking in place yeah. and then he's walking on a treadmill and there's people going by him like i i really like that and it's like 
creative ways of showing this uh, guy coming from nothing to something to realizing that being something is really nothing and then embracing what he was before it's pretty much the entire story of singing in the rain but in the, in a 15 minute segment that looks like it's all taking place on a stage yeah at the same time That's though i don't need shit. to watch singing in the rain twice that is some deep deep yeah shit but this is there. like singing in the rain but presented in a different way like yeah. there was like that but I'm fucking already watching singing in the rain <laughs> but that all uh, that fucking it's a movie in a movie they're already doing a movie in a movie. They don't need to do a movie in a movie in a movie. <laughs> but movie. That fucking scarf scene is badass. It though. is awesome. Oh it my was re- god. They're like visually that whole scene is amazing. It's the way they cut it super too. Poppy in color. That ballet scene with the scarf is awesome. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be in the movie. Like it just adds to its runtime. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does add to its runtime, but <sighs> And it does feel out of place, but I liked it. <laughs> like that's just yeah. that's just all I can like all I can really say. Like I can see all your arguments where it's like it's pointless. Doesn't need to be in here. It just feels like they're adding on time. But I really liked it. <laughs> Both me and Chelsea also agreed that there's another dance or a, a dance and song sequence in this that we're like, why is this in here? Beautiful girl. Beautiful yes! girl. <laughs> Like, I thought it was funny. They do, like, this weird, like, Vogue, like, model scene where they're going through where it's, like, tennis anyone. (laughs) No, but that was weird, but the lyrics, he was talking about how she's 16. Oh, yeah, there's, like, like, one where it's, like, and you're still, and you're over, sweet 16. I thought it said over, and he was, like, no, I think it said she is 16. So we were, like, arguing about it. Yeah. But no, I remember watching this with Molly, and then she was like, I would hate this number, but I love all this fashion. Yeah. But I I was was sitting there like, what is the point of this fashion? Jacket lined with monkey fur. And I'm like, that is gross. (laughs) He actually said that out loud to me. Also, uh, before Make Him Laugh, there is a very, very offensive blackface scene where they show people that are in Africa wearing oh, yeah. skin-tight yeah, right. black bodysuits wearing, like, African it. garb. It's not like a minstrel kind of show where they have, like, oh, the okay. black face yeah. and the big pink No, it's like things. it's like a, a scene that's supposed to take place in Africa, and it's white guys wearing full uh, skin-tight black bodysuits yeah, wearing African garb. It. Yeah. That's and awful. it's like, Jesus. I, I noticed it. They didn't really... Like, they don't point it out, but it's going it on in the background. Make a lot of attention to it, but it's when they're like walking through the sound studio. Oh, yeah. There's like different. Right before Make Them Laugh, they're kind of walking African through. Mask or something, but I was not paying attention to the whole screen. Yeah, so they're like walking through and like they're showing all the sets in the background, which are really, really cool and well, well put together. Mm-hmm. But like the initial one is just people standing around in like, f- like skin tight black bodysuits. Wearing African garb, where I'm like, <laughs> troublesome. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I got any more things here in my notes. Um, what were your uh, some of your favorite numbers in this? Besides like Broadway ballet that you're just going on about forever. Just kidding. you're going on about Broadway ballet forever. <laughs> I like Broadway ballet, but it's not like my favorite. I my, I think my favorite is Make Them Laugh, and. Uh, Moses supposes, mm-hmm. and uh, I just love 
how the three of them interact with each other in Good Morning. Yeah, I like. Good I think Morning those are too. probably my three favorites. Um, I like Moses opposes make him laugh. Um, I liked Good Morning. The I remember it this time, and actually, my mom like every once in a while would sing that to us when we'd be waking up in the morning because she's like <laughs> a big musical nut. And so, like, I remember her just going, good morning, good morning. And, like, that's what's stuck in my head. And I'm like, oh, this is where it comes from. I also like Singing in the Rain. That's good. Yeah, um, Singing in the Rain is just iconic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those are it. Those are the ones that stand out for me, too, I think. But I also like the opening number with the violins and stuff, too. Oh, it's so good. So, like... I mean, Gene Kelly is a killing it. Like, he I is, was watching his feet just, like, yeah. astounded. He's at a the, stud muffin. It makes me want to learn <laughs> tap dancing. Yeah, kind of. But then at the same time, <laughs> I don't want to, like, break my ankles or anything like he that. He is, either. like, a stud. Yeah. He like, is In comparison so to a lot of leading men now, I feel like he's, like, well, back then they used to be, like, a triple threat. They could sing, act. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. We and dance. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he was, like, a more burly dancer. Like, he still is, like, a man's man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he always is. I was reading about There's that There's so many scenes where they just zoom in on his face, and he just looks into your soul, where you're like, oh, my God. Am I gay? <laughs> <laughs> damn it. I, w- I was even looking at him like, damn, Gene Kelly. Damn. I, I wanted to know, like, how old he was in this. So I looked it up. He was 40 and when Debbie this And Debbie Reynolds made. was 19. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. Well... But everybody, like, it was hard to gauge. At least she's over, sweet 16. (laughs) It's hard to gauge because, like, everyone back then, I think, always looks older than what they were. Yeah. Like, anybody now that's, like, 20, I'd be like, you're obviously 20. But, like, they could be 20 and look 50 back then and be like, that's just how you look. That's what the world does to you in 1940 There's a lot of makeup in those films, though, too. Even the men. They had different film makeup, so that probably adds to it. Um, some of the medical uh, stuff in this as well is like obviously they're uh, taking it to MGM um, as them being they're actually making this singing in the rain movie but like in what was monumental pictures was the yeah. the studio in this and yeah they're just taking jabs at movie studios and this a little bit yeah um, the whole silent film to talky industry they make they take real life things that happened and uh put them in this film even the screenwriters i found out um bought a home from a previous silent film star who lost all of his wealth when the talkies came into town yeah like it's all wrapped up in that old hollywood type shit i I, i'm kind of curious if there were like talky films made with how bad the Dueling Cavalier was. I, I almost kind of want to... there are. Yeah, and I want to see them. <laughs> like, the <laughs> like, early talkies? Yeah. Just being, like, how like, bad they are? With, like, the, the pearls hitting up against the microphone. I loved that. And yeah, just, that was really hilarious. good. That whole thing was, when I thought, really well done. he drops the stick and then comes down to Yeah, her, when like, he throws the stick and it sounds like a gun went off. Oh <laughs> Those pearls, though. Those pearls, I felt like that is, a, like, a relevant effect to, like, now. Yeah. Like, it felt current. I just liked all that subtle comedy in this because I think all the comedy in this, Mm -hmm. you were saying that it holds up. And I think it does. Just the dialogue is so good because it's just like people 
giving small jabs here and there. Mm-hmm. There's one that really hit me where uh, Gene Kelly's looking for Debbie Reynolds, and he runs into one of the dancers that she was dancing with, and it's like, uh, like uh, it was like something oh, where it's she's like, talking about how can she you see? And- yeah, you can show me a thing or two, and it's like I've got no time for that or something <laughs> where it's like, or like. Uh, can I show you a thing or two? And he's like, no, I have no time for that. Where it's like, he's like insinuating that like, he doesn't have time to see if she knows that something. <laughs> no, she wanted to like do him. Oh yeah. Okay. Just making sure you no, know no, that. No, 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 I get that. But it's like, she's presenting it as a way where it's like, I want to bang you. And he's presenting it where it's like, I'm, I don't have enough time to time see if you, yeah, I don't have enough time to see if you know something. <laughs> uh, I actually like, disagree with you i thought when she uh, said in the car that she when she was acting like she had never seen his movies i thought that made her feel very modern no no i love i love all that i love where she's uh kind of like brushing him off and being like oh yeah i've never watched movies i'm more into theater and that like drives him insane i love that but then when he re when she revisits him and then she gives herself away where it's like I, I i've actually seen all your movies see i didn't hate it though. and stuff i get what you're saying but i didn't hate that i actually felt like it felt like a modern like something modern like i could see myself saying that being like i'm cool yeah you're with somebody who's like super famous and is trying to impress you and you're like no i'm just gonna hold my own and act like i don't know your stuff because you think you're awesome yeah which he yeah. was being pretty smug yeah 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 no and he was, like, i get all that over had his arm around her as she's driving him and she's just like yeah no once you've seen them all or seen one you've seen them all and yeah. i'm like good for you for holding your own i thought that was actually pretty awesome mm-hmm. but i i know I, I get and then that later she has feelings for him and she like admits like yeah i've seen your movies like yeah. you were just being a dick. No, I get that. And I was playing hard to get. I get that, but I would have liked it more if she wasn't playing hard to get and she actually did not give a shit about him. Okay, classic <laughs> JT. No, but I would have cuz it's like okay. The fact that like she's just crying into a can of tuna. But the know, <laughs> But the fact apartment. that she does admit that she saw all of his movies means that she was pining for him. I would have liked it a lot more if it like completely off the bat she legit did not give a shit about him and that he does depend on her to really get his career going as opposed to like her kind of like pining over him and then that i get it i get it i get it i'm just saying i felt i thought it no i I still think she's a pretty strong character for that time though like they do do a lot more with her than i thought they would given the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because he really fights to make sure that her name is on there and things like that. And then yeah. when that and she does a actress lot. is trying to screw over, he like plots a way to embarrass that actress regardless yeah. of contract or anything. And she does a lot to help him, too. She's the one that comes up with making oh, the yeah. Dueling Cabinero like, musical. He says it in front of everybody, like, this is the voice. This is the person you love. Yeah. So I think he like gives her credit. Yeah. Man, delish. You know, oh, I th- did I... Did you it? fart? No. <laughs> there. Oh, okay. So I did. I did take a screenshot of this. So, what was funny is that in the movie, Gene Hagen has that shrill voice, mm-hmm. and yeah. she's dubbed over by Debbie Reynolds. But in actuality, while Gene Hagen was being quote dubbed over, she was just using her normal voice. Yeah. And technically, Debbie Reynolds was lip syncing with Gene Hagen's voice. Yeah. And so that was a fun little thing. 
And then when Gene Hagen's character was supposed to be singing and Debbie Reynolds was singing for her, that mm-hmm. was another actress's voice yeah. that was then dubbed in that they, everybody else was lip syncing over, mm-hmm. which was also fun to listen to. An inception of dubbing. Inse- dubbing inception. That was... and But they also... I liked that the fact that they did that in the filming of this, also in making of the movie in the movie in this, too. Mm-hmm. Another meta concept. God, you could, the, Guys, play a drinking game with how many times meta is said. <laughs> but this movie is meta! Yeah. It I is! I get it, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, get it, your booze out, It does present this, itself as, as a movie that's trying to pull back the curtain and being like, this is how full of shit Hollywood is. Mm-hmm. And like, because I remember watching this where I'm like, this person does not like movies. <laughs> but, like watching this where it's like, you can see like they do so many things to just show how clueless people in the movie industry are. Even RF is such a clueless <laughs> clots in this. <laughs> like, there's like so many things. Like there's like, clots. There's small lines that RF delivers where it's like so fucking funny. Where it's like, uh, there's like one where they talk about like how uh, Lena's not gonna like this, and he's like, "Well, I don't care what Lena thinks. I'm the head of the studio. Just make sure you don't. She doesn't know." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. even though like he tries to like like fucking buck up about like how powerful he is, he still kind of cowers when he thinks about what the actors are gonna, how the actors are gonna uh-huh. take it. Yeah. Yeah, but then he totally. <laughs> Is awesome and pulls that rope. That that scene where the three men pull the rope for yeah. the curtain. When he when he sings great. horribly to sing in the. Rain. No, I just like when he they pull up that the curtain. Yeah, all three of them because they were real into it. Mm-hmm. We both laughed like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, really good, really good stuff all around. Um, anything else you guys want to bring up about the movie? Oh anything man, else? I because I went through all of my notes. I've done it. Yeah, Got I through I'm... them all. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I think I'm through it. Good. I'm glad. I'm great, guys. You're great. I'm done. I'm really tired. <laughs> I've been up since 3 a.m., 3.15. Yeah. I had... You had a nice nap in the middle. I had a nice nap in the middle, but I was up at 2.30, so... I've in had... your face. <laughs> I have had zero naps. Um, I've slept pretty good. Some, I, have a, I have a pretty, I have a pretty help. good regular sleeping schedule. <laughs> I hope your dog keeps you up all night. I hope both dogs keep you up. No, now. That's pretty good. Bucket, bucket is uh, adjusted to my sleeping schedule. Well, that's mm-hmm. good. How about it? Wait till you have a kid, man. I'm gonna rub in your face. Good. I'm gonna rub your face in it, like rub your face in your like rub your face in my kid. Yeah, I'm gonna rub your face in your kid. <laughs> like uh, weird. So. This movie isn't streaming free anywhere, but you can find it on Amazon Prime. Pretty yeah. cheap. Um, but with that, would you guys recommend people to go out and rent this movie? Yeah, duh. Absolutely. This is probably one of my Get favorite cultured, movies. Get cultured, peeps. I would recommend purchasing this movie. It's actually yeah. on our baby daughter's Christmas list this year on Amazon. It's. Ooh, I think it's one of... I'm going to put it up there. One of the best movies ever made. In yeah. my opinion. No, it's up there as one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. So, like, maybe that spoils the grade a little bit. Oh, F. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
what would you grade this movie since we didn't really go into spoilers or well we did go into full spoilers of the movie yeah it's fully spoiled but um what would you guys grade it Oh, I'll give it an A plus, including Broadway ballet. You fucks. Oh, I. Okay, leave me out of the fucks that you just sent out. <laughs> no, I know. But no, I just I love it all the way through. Even though, even with even my though critiques, she plays hard to get. Even with my critiques on uh, on Debbie Reynolds' character in this, I still think for the time it's pretty forward thinking. Yeah. To make her such a big part of his success. I I love it all the way through. Like the the dancing numbers are so hard <laughs> and yeah. well choreographed. And the like, Good Morning, they seem like a fucking well oiled machine. With mm-hmm. this, it's like three people sharing the same mind almost at certain points. Like mm-hmm. they move together in such synchronization, it's insane. I don't think a movie like this could ever possibly be made today. No, I don't think. Because so I kept thinking that too. I was like. I just can't see people like even if, being able to Yeah, even if you found like people that. with this skill, like you would have a studio executive being like, they don't have a name to themselves, it won't make any money, fuck it, we're not going to make it. Mm. But it's like you get Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, and... Uh, that guy. Yeah, Donald O'Hare. Donald O'Connor. Donald, Donald O'Connor. Donnie the, boy. The three of them yeah. work together in such a way, and probably under the... The strict tutelage of Gene Kelly <laughs> to the point where the, it's just I was thinking so it well done. Probably grueling, the practices. Yeah. And they didn't have YouTube to be able to teach themselves, so they went through years of yeah. like probably professional classes, There's just, too. Especially, Not Debbie Reynolds. She just got pushed into it and was just like, you better learn this right quick. Really? Yeah. 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 Hmm. But, like, especially coming off of, like, Mission Impossible, where we praise it <clears throat> so much. We praise it so much for, like, the practical effects. Mm-hmm. And now we're going onto this where it's. it All of it is practical dancing and tap dancing and mm-hmm. singing. It's In just. In the rain? Yeah. <laughs> of all things. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, especially getting to this point, I'm appreciating so much just, like, the the raw talent people have to actually present themselves and actually present stunts that they're doing. That's not, that's not computer generated. And I fucking love that shit. This is a fucking a plus. Mm -hmm. Not just an a plus, a fucking a plus. (laughs) Exactly. That's a high level. Highest level you can ever give for Joel. (laughs) I am going to give this movie an a because I do feel like that Broadway number at the end bloats the film. It did take me out of it. And I'm like, where yeah. is this going? Even though they follow it up, like, it is, it's like 15 minutes long. It is very long. Like, it's unnecessary. I may have gotten up for a drink at that point. I feel like the only reason it's in the movie is for Gene Kelly's vanity. But I liked it. <laughs> it's, but at the same time, it's a great number. But it doesn't need to be in the movie. Even the the random Scarface mob boss that's just flipping his coin? Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> but an A is a high enough praise. Like, it's like a perfect movie besides that for me. Chelsea, what would you grade it? Mm, an A. There you go. Any? That's it. All right. Fair enough. Short and sweet, peeps. Watch it. Oh, all right. Just tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> um can't contain this apparently i cannot 
Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to join us on social media, do so at Review Review Pod on Twitter. If you happen to be a Facebooker, do that uh, at Review Review Pod on Facebook. Uh, you can find us at our host site at ReviewReviewPod.Podbean.com, but you don't have to listen to just there. We are also on a multitude of platforms such as Google Podcasts, Alexa Devices, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. If you happen to be an Apple user, rate and review us there, because if you like the show, that helps other people find the show as well. If you want to write in, do so at ReviewReviewPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening again. We'll see you next time. And we're off. <laughs>